Well, the thing is, men, they are not used to talking about ideas on topics like resource management, self-care, dealing with stress and things like that. But, but they are very interested in talking about this and they want to be a good father. So what we offer are two things. One, we offer information and the other one is networking, where you can talk about topics like this. Hello, Grüezi, bonjour. Welcome to Fish in the Boardroom, the podcast where we talk about what we can each do to increase diversity, equity, and inclusion in Swiss leadership. I'm Andrea Ullmann, and I'm your host on this journey. With all the information and all the talk on diversity, do you ever wonder where we really are in Switzerland and where to get started? To help you answer this question, I've put together some resources. If you visit fishintheboardroom.ch, you'll be able to download this tool and sign up to my newsletter to be notified when new episodes are released. Hi, dear listener, and welcome to Fish in the Boardroom. Today's episode is all about compatibility between work and family life. My guest, Reto Kessler, Feta Netzwerk Schweiz, a program affiliated to Männer.ch that aims to connect fathers and emphasize their importance within companies. The challenges of balancing work and parenthood are traditionally considered a private matter in Switzerland. But as Reto will share with you, it's very much a political one as well, impacting individuals and organizations alike. According to the 2021 Swiss Labor Force Survey, published by the Federal Statistical Office in 2020, Women spend 46% more time than men on unpaid domestic and family work. Yet, it's also generally recognized that if this workload, as well as the mental load that goes with it, was more equally shared among partners, it would greatly increase women's ability to participate in the workforce, naturally boosting diversity in organizations. So, how can companies support this shift? Why should they care about it in the first place? And what does all of this mean for men? What are the often overlooked issues fathers are facing? And how might organizations be unconsciously contributing to them? These are the questions I explore with Rito today. Rito, welcome to Fish in the Boardroom. Thank you for having me. Um, you are an organizational consultant. As such, You have a view on company cultures and organizational designs. And in your role at Vetter Nextwerk Schweiz, it is your job to bring more visibility and support to fathers within companies. But isn't the compatibility between work and family lives a very private matter? So why should organization get involved in that? Um, of course, compatibility between family and work is also a private matter because I don't want anyone to tell me what I have to do and how I, I need to do it. I think about freedom of choice. Every person, every couple, every family should be free to choose for themselves how, how they want to divide gainful employment and care work. But I think there are two things important. First, um, Freedom of choice does not exist today. If you are a woman, for example, in Switzerland and you want to have a family and a career, chances are very low that you will have both. Many women do not have the career prospects they want and 
On the other hand, men, they do not have the opportunity to, to be as present and involved at home as they would like to be. And what we see is that most couples in Switzerland, they choose the, we call it traditional family model, which means that um, the father is working 80% or more and the mother is working 50% or less. And they do this even though they would prefer a different family model. And the point is by choosing this model, both partners, they have to deal with massive disadvantages on the long run. We're talking about gender pay gap and pension pay gap, for example. And for men, the high pressure to, to perform has negative consequences to their mental and physical health on the long run. And the partnership often suffers too. And many people, they are not aware of these aspects. And we are talking about structural limitations and disadvantages. Individuals, they, they can hardly change that. And that's why compatibility between work and family life is not just a private matter, it's also a political one. And you're working with companies, so for you it is also an organizational matter. Yes, absolutely. Organizations, they are part of this context I've been talking about, but we cannot expect them to solve all these problems. That's not their job. But Organizations should be interested in this for a different reason. Organizations, they want to make sure that they survive. That's their main focus. And what do they need for this? They need employees with good qualification, who are motivated, who are committed and capable to take responsibility and develop creative solutions. And that on the long run. And how do Organizations, how can they support this? They can support this by creating an environment in which people can perform at a high level without burnout, without being exploited. And exhaustion and overwork and burnout are symptoms of our society today. And organizations have to ensure that they do not damage the physical and the mental health for their employees on the long run. So very concretely, how do you help companies in that context? Um, well, we, we get men to look at their work-life balance. And it's important to, to mention that it's not about telling them how to do this. There's not one way. It's about what do you need as a man to live up to your expectations and your roles. And that depends very much on the individual life situation. And this includes, first of all, being aware of one's own needs and not running in autopilot mode all the time. Then you need ideas and approaches on how to coordinate all this and start negotiating with your partner and with your employer. And many men, they don't even dare to start this, to dive into this, because they are not used to it and maybe they fear kind of discrimination if they do it. Um, yeah, in short, we help men to, to find their own way and to make a plan to implement it and, and to stick to it. So men don't dare to ask for what they'd like when it comes to balancing life and family, is what you're saying? Yes, it's what we call the, the autopilot mode. They do what they see, what the generations before them they did, and they just don't reflect on their needs and what they really want. Yeah. And so that's where you see a role of companies to help men go past this. That's what you meant before as 
those structural pieces that don't help men go towards more equal work and life models. Am I understanding this right? Yeah, they can help men to um, start thinking about it and to reflect what's really needed. And this is also, in the, as I said, in the interest of the organization because it helps to um, maintain the effectiveness and the efficiency and the motivation of men. And I think this is an interest of the, the organization. So how do companies need to evolve to allow their employees, fathers and mothers alike, to reach a better compatibility between work and family life? Well, the first thing is to recognize the enormous potential that lies hidden here in for, for organizations. For example, family friendliness is an important criterion for young people when they when when choosing an employer. But often family friendliness only exists on paper on the website. They write we are a family friendly company. But people, they are not stupid. They they notice that. And when, for example, when people work part-time and they don't get promoted, words get round. And on the other hand, if fathers and mothers of a company really represent family friendliness to people outside of the company, I think this is the best employer branding you, you can have. If they tell stories about what's working well in this company, that's what you really want. And then it's about understanding that the needs of the employees are different. Of course, you cannot find the perfect solution for every single person in the company, but you can achieve a lot with a few different offers um, where people can choose from. And uh, there are companies who really understand the value of job sharing and top sharing, for example. And during the pandemic, we, we had a company who offered their employees to bring their kids to the office. And it was only for the situation when they couldn't find another solution for a short time. And then they set up a special office for that. And this office is still in use and people bring their kids if they, they have no other solution. Um, and other companies, they offered a solution. It's called leading in part time. So if you hold a management position, you can reduce your working time and the team takes on some of the leadership tasks and the team gets additional resources so, so they can do this. And all the people who tried this, they were very happy with it because they said the team understands what the leader needs and the leader understands what the team can do without him being there. So it's kind of... Um, it's empowering. Yeah, it's empowering and um, understanding for each other. Yeah. And increases the understanding, yeah, indeed. Um, so we often hear that men have no interest in equality. In your experience, is that true? <laughs> oh, well, I think this is a very big issue, and I think you could make a separate episode out of this. Um I'd like to mention two points. Um, men, they have many privileges. And yes, you don't give up your privileges just like this. Giving them away is painful and unpleasant. And many men are not aware of their privileges because not to have to think about your privileges is maybe the biggest privilege. Um, the definition almost of privilege. Yeah. <laughs> and you need to understand what it means to be non-privileged. And this can be done above all by listening to others and by experiencing what it means to be in their situation. 
So yes, this is why maybe we think men don't want to, they are not interested in equality. But on the other hand, men, they do not only profit from this situation, they also suffer under the patriarchy. And there's also um, a deep-rooted desire among men is having to be always and always strong and always competent men. It's a kind of hunger for relationship without hierarchy and violence, violence also towards themselves. And I think a good metaphor would be that men today, they are prison guards and prisoners in one. So it's the question how to talk to them. But if we manage to change this, what they can gain is more freedom to be who they really want to be. And I think this is a good thing to work on. Definitely. So how do you go about that? I mean, in your when you work with companies, you work with fathers within companies, and your aim is to make men more aware that they are the guards and the prisoners at the same time, right? So how do you go about them? Well, the thing is, men, they are not used to talking about ideas on topics like resource management, self-care, dealing with stress and things like that. But but they are very interested in talking about this and they want to be a good father. So um, what we offer are two things. One, we offer information and the other one is networking where you can talk about topics like this. Information, for example, we give with checklists and we have workshops and webinars and we do impulse talks on, on things that are interesting for fathers, but also for mothers or parents or managers. For example, how do I organize a home office with small children at home? This was a topic during the pandemic. Um, how do we all get off to a good start at school after the summer holidays, for example? Or how do we talk um, with children about war, which is a topic at the moment? Or what, what can I do as a leader if my employee wants to work part-time? Um, what do I have to consider as a leader, for example? And networking means we give opportunities where father can meet each other and connect with mothers, with other communities and with leaders. And we offer young fathers to learn from men with more experience. We show role models. We organize outdoor days where fathers can bring their children and just have time together and talk about whatever moves them. Um, and I think this is what fathers value most. And Is this accessible only to fathers who are employed by a company that works with you? Or is that generally open? It's open to anyone. So if I'm a father and my company is not part of your network, can I join those interesting discussions and events? Mm, we offer workshops that are open for every father. Um, But our main focus at FETA Netzwerk Schweiz are um, father networks within a company. So we want to connect the fathers that they start working on the corporate culture. So this is our main focus. We at Menatseha, we have different um, offers. We have a new webpage, which will start in the end of December. It's called New Dad, where we have special offers for fathers outside of companies or not connected in one company. Okay, great. And um, do you have a success story to share with us? Mm -hmm. Well, I think I had a few, but 
we worked with the HR manager in an insurance company and he had already developed various offers, but they were not used by the fathers. And he was firmly convinced that the fathers were not interested in talking and working on that. And we organized a workshop with fathers from the company, with mothers and the, this HR manager. And after the workshop, he said he, he now understands that a completely different approach is needed. And today, the, he changed the approach and the fathers, they um, work together and make proposals for offers for other fathers and mothers. And they develop them together with the HR department. And they are used to a large extent. And my understanding or my idea is that fathers know what other fathers need. Mm. Nice. So I uh, don't think you know what your company wants. Huh? Ask them. You might be surprised. And, yep. uh, and I'm assuming you're, you're having also an approach that makes it interesting for participants. Um. If a company should use just one of your offers, which one do you think it should be? Um, I think it's a short workshop we do where we analyze the situation in the company with a small group of professionals, with fathers and mothers from the company. Um, I think, yeah, you should try this, do this workshop and see what happens. That's where the magic comes that you were telling us just before. <laughs> yep. Great. Um, what motivates you to do this work? Um, I know no other topic where so many people can benefit so much. Well, there are the fathers, the kids, the mothers, the companies, we as a society. And the time where the children are small and develop so quickly and, and need their parents so intensively is very short. And if you ask older people, no one says, looking back, I wish I had spent more time in the office back then. Yeah. And I wish for both parents that they can experience and take part in this time intensively. And I think we, we lay the foundation here for so many important developments in a child's life. Socially, we benefit greatly here if this phase, this time goes well. And we should have great interest to, to shaping this time well for the children and also for the parents and also for us as a society. And I think we are dealing with values and privileges and structures here. For me, it's kind of piecework and in sawing away the patriarchy, everybody suffers. We are reducing the self-exploitation, and I think this is a very important thing to do, and it connects with many different problems we have in this world today. Yeah, so for you, it's it's this inequality, the root cause for a lot of pieces, right? So, so it's encouraging yep. men to be more present at home, to have a more inclusive society in general, uh, at work, at home, and anywhere. It, it's a question, how, how do we want to live here? and what's really important yeah what's your main challenge um well the main challenge is that i think fathers are the key to social norm change in switzerland and this is difficult to explain it it's good and important that we promote women in the paid work but without contribution of men in care work hardly anything will change neither for women nor for men And those who hope for politics will wait very long in Switzerland. <laughs> We know this from history. 
and just hoping that men will take action or tell them to do it doesn't work too. We know this from practice. But men, they want to connect and you can connect to that need. It takes some time and it takes patience, but it works. And that's the beauty. Everyone benefits from it. The fathers, the children, the partners and the colleagues and the organizations, as I said. And it's often difficult to convey why this is necessary to specifically address the fathers, not only the mothers in the paid work, but also the fathers for the care work. But on the other hand, it's not recognized that men are also in need and require support. And that's what we do. On the other hand, it's um, overlooked that there will be no change without this contribution of men when they do their fair share of care work. Mm. And I'm also hearing a lot, or you realize that the younger generation is much more aware of all those topics. And so I've often heard, well, uh, the younger generation is, is more aware in 20 years, 30 years, when they'll be in charge, there's not going to be a problem anymore. Do you, do you believe in that? Um, I think there's a slow change taking place. We see this in the numbers, and I think you mentioned this already in an earlier episode. But what we also see, it, it's a very slow change. And what happens today, people say they want to live a family model which is fair shared. And the most important point in time is when they get the first child. And then it changes They tap in the trap of tradition yeah? and they do something they don't really want. And so I'm kind of hopeful, yes, but I think we also need to support and manage this, that, that we really get this social norm change we want. So unfortunately, in 20 years, you'll still be working on those topics. Is your assumption. Kind of. My colleague Markus Teunert, he made um, a calculation based on the numbers he, we have and his calculation was that we will have an equal fair share in the year of 2096. So it's quite a long time and I don't want to wait for so long. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Reto. That was really insightful. Thank you for having me. This was Fish in the Wardroom. I hope this episode inspired you to take action. And if you're willing to share, I'd love to hear what you are putting into place and what challenges you have, whether they're big or small. Each action matters. And to help you get started with your inclusion journey, I put together some selected resources that are relevant in a Swiss context. Visit fishintheboardroom.ch to download this tool and sign up to my newsletter to be notified when new episodes are released. As always, if you enjoy the show, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and share the episode with colleagues, peers, friends, and family. Fish in the Boardroom is produced by me, Andrea Ullman. Music is by Patrick Patrickios.